up, what up, what up? Back again for another episode, episode 54, Painter. Do you know the, the, the count? It's 54. I'm like 99% sure it's 54. Anyways, welcome back to another episode of B2P, Between Two Posts. Um, It's, uh, what's today? What are we recording on? Tuesday, January 17th. It's 3.13 p.m. You know, we're, we're having a tough time. Guys got internet out. We can't get a laptop on. I accidentally removed somebody. They can't get back in. Uh, it's a bit of a gong show, but it's Everett alongside Moiser, alongside Painter. And you know what? At the end of the day, we're just here to try and commit and, uh, you know, give you guys a show for the week to help break up, break up the, the Monday to Friday, you know, after uh, on the calendar after Monday, Tuesday, even the calendar says WTF. <laughs> so uh, good one, Randy. Good one. <laughs> got him uh moiser how are you i'm all right brother i'm uh grinding away didn't really have time and schedule this but i'm making jesus i can't even talk i didn't really have time in the schedule for this today but i am making time um currently spraying down uh a volleyball court with water to, so it doesn't get too dusty and we lose all the sand but uh yeah that's uh that's what i got going on right now I mean, at the end of the day, you're a salt of the earth guy. We're blue collar. Sometimes you just got to get in there and grind it out, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, I don't know. Just really not ideal. Uh, but you know what? We're going to get her done. We're going to have some fun. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy this episode. I hope so. I certainly hope so. Painter, how are you? Uh, doing all right. Got out of accounting class a little while ago last night we had a we had a tough going men's league got lit up i thought i thought you were playing for the best team in the league so i didn't actually get to go that night if i was i was gonna skate out i was hoping that i could but i never got the text so then i just went to my normal game gave up i think like seven but plus side made a six split save that i haven't gotten that great of a seal on the ice and rotation since probably my junior year of high school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Shout out the SLRs. Your hips and your knees are going to start to go here real soon. I mean, you're way younger than I am, but uh, just prepare for that. Start taking vitamins now. Start stretching every morning because uh, one day you wake up and you're basically 30 and shit's just starting to fall apart. Um, So, you know, like that's my advice to you just being kind of like a mentor at the end of the day to you painter start taking your vitamins you know eat healthy and uh you know stay off the uh stay off the piss but uh i know that's a hard task for all of us um hmm. i mean i was texting you guys a little bit over the weekend i i got to sum up my weekend uh for those of you that have ever been to a tournament in south bend um south bend's a tough town you know me and Moise are talking about it and he's got some stuff that i'm sure he'd love to say about indiana being a man from Ohio, I, mean, I know there's some rivalry there. Uh, but holy shit, the icebox is such a dump in South Bend. Um, you should never host a kid's tournament in a city that at the rink, where at the rink you need to have a security guard. And then once nighttime comes around, you have to add a cop into the parking lot. Uh, yeah, it's that type of place. As you drive down the street and you're headed south, to get to the ice rink that is called the ice box you'll look around and you'll see a bunch of uh manufacturing buildings shipping buildings 
dilapidated, blown out old industrial buildings that have the wind windows blown out. Someone's clearly living in there. There's definitely, you know, a heroin addict that's camping out and using it as a uh, shelter. Um, it was, it's not terrifying, but like, holy, it's an awful area. And it was so embarrassing that we played like four of our seven games there. Uh, in the one rink, in the one rink, there's a metal stanchion, like one of the support beams for the building is just right in the middle of the bench. So the coach that's standing behind the bench, if you're in the middle, you can't see into the offensive zone. The setup for that place was so embarrassing. I can't believe that anyone's willing allowed to hold a hockey tournament there, especially on a, on a home weekend for Notre Dame where you can't utilize for the full day the two sheets at Compton. Compton's beautiful. Notre Dame was great. And Moiser, I actually, I really want to go to the grotto to check out what that was like uh, to see where, you know, huh. our boy Napes ripped a scooter through. But uh, unfortunately, didn't have time to go. But uh, Notre Dame's great. Compton's unbelievable. Got to catch the game there. But yeah, the icebox, it's uh, it's a fucking dump. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. My mine, What's crazy is like you see um, like right across from Compton, it's like uh obviously Compton's on campus and it's really nice and then like right across the street from Compton is like where we'd always stay it was like a super nice like Hilton or Marriott or the, there's an what, embassy suites right there yeah I think you know that you say that that's not that sounds right and uh I mean that whole area is like legit brand new like between my freshman and senior year like it all got built and actually it's funny because the one time I went on a road trip with uh cleveland we ended up stopping there uh because there's legit like chipotle uh like core life like a bunch of like sick like you know i feel like road trip stops that are somewhat like healthy and decent to eat yep but uh i i don't know like south bend itself is i feel like just in general i should say i feel like indiana is such a weird state because you're like driving and it's like farm, 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 farm. And all of a sudden you just feel like you're in like East Cleveland, like ghetto, like I, I honestly can't even describe it, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, you and me talked about it a little bit. It's very, very odd how a state that just seems so like farm and nothing going on really. And like, you know, a lot of nature and outdoorsy kind of stuff, but how it just turns into this like, just like manufacturing plant and you know b- bombed out buildings and this and that just so quick i i don't i can't even explain it yeah it's uh i don't know it's just it's one of those things that's so unexpected but i do have to mention too so when i was driving down i drove down on a thursday night i left home after dinner about seven o'clock and i had to make the trip from metro detroit macomb all the way through to uh the beautiful South Bend, Indiana. And uh, on my ride across, I was buzzing across the state and I didn't want to take the tolls. I don't know why. You know, it's only five bucks. I'm just a cheap ass. But uh, I was buzzing through, got to Jackson, got to just about Kalamazoo, and I started heading south. And there's a wonderful town called Decatur, Michigan. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been lucky enough to pass through there, but it's an odd spot. Bunch of side streets, and uh, I'm going through Decatur, Michigan. I was talking to my buddy Ryan Kelsey out in San Diego. Shout out Kels. Uh, 
And as I'm driving through there, it was just one of those tough towns. There's no street lights. Nobody's out. There's not a single car on the road. It's pitch black. But the houses you drive by have like the pale, the paint's peeling off. The wood siding's falling off. The shutters are hanging by one bracket, a single bracket. And there's the neon lights on in all the houses, like purple, red, yeah. green. And they don't have blinds in the windows. They got old Spider-Man and SpongeBob sheets. And that's like a for sure sign that you're like in a tough town that's probably got, you know, like Letterkenny, you got a lot of skids running around doing uh, meth and heroin. And it was a terrifying place. And all I was praying to God, because my car is kind of turning into a shitter. I'm like, please don't break down. Because I don't know if I'll make it out of Decatur, Michigan after this. Dude, I don't know where it, was, where it was, but like literally exactly what you're describing. It was in Michigan. Uh, but I, when I was putting together at Silverado, like I had to go pick up like a uh, control arm and an axle from some yard up there called Fox Auto. And it was like literally the same exact thing you're describing. It was just like, Every house was just like greasy, and I don't know, like same thing. I was like, man, if my if I mean my truck was fine, but I was like, man, if my truck broke down here, like I'd probably be screwed. I'm I'm not asking for help. I'm calling AAA, and I'm just gonna bunker down and hope nobody shows up. No zombies come knocking on my windows. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, and this kind of falls into last week. You can tell you're in a bumblefuck town in the middle of nowhere. When you're driving through and you see a Dollar General every every like three feet, did I bring that up last episode? <laughs> well, I think you're. I think you're taking a. I think you're taking a shot at Homestead Falls. It, it, are, do you guys have a Dollar General on every corner? Because if if you do, then I you're a small town. I'll tell you that much. Not every corner, but I think we have like two or three in the town. And it's funny because like there's like you know the Facebook groups like that. Are, it's just like all the all the people like. Just the, was that a gunshot? Was that a gunshot? Was, what was that? Like, did anyone see that accident? Why are all the teens speeding out here? Like, just stuff like that. Whenever someone at, like, it's so funny because people are like so against getting more like retail and stuff here. And anytime someone asks, like, what's this construction on this road or what's this construction on this corner, people just automatically like to troll the person. They'll just be like, oh, it's a new Dollar General or oh, it's a new Taco Bell. <laughs> it's accurate though. Um, I mean, the one thing, a tall tale sign, uh, shoot, because you were down in Witchy, and that was before you didn't have the, uh, what's the team in Louisiana? You didn't have the Mudbugs, right, Shreveport? I, I played against Shreveport their first year. So on that drive through Texas to Shreveport, the amount of Dollar Generals you probably saw is at least upwards of, I'd say, 75 plus. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. It's actually uh... – Shreveport itself is a very is like one of those cities that's weird too because it's like almost like it's a big it's a big city like when you're downtown yeah but the outskirts it's like you're like like living on a bayou or something I I don't know you know what I'm trying to say like it's like the outskirts are just all like shanties like tin roof I, I can't even explain it like shacks they don't yeah it legit looks like you're like a movie like you're it's uh. Like that, where where the crawdads sing or whatever. Like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, from Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but when I did, you weren't there. This was after. It was after Lubsmeyer was in the league. I'm trying to think who was in Shreveport. Wichita Falls was gone. It was probably that uh, that 
Latvian kid. No, I'm yeah, I'm just trying to think of who would have been playing right now. God, it was Calvaruso was gone. But anyways, I did a Texas, you know, null south trip. Um I remember when you did it. I remember like all the snaps and stuff, like you sending me. Yeah, and when I when you drive through Texas, once you hit some of those small towns, it's just dollar general, dollar general. And it's like this is uh yeah, it's this is a one horse town, as they'd say. Um, yeah. Anyways, outside of that, I did want to bring up we never talked about World Jays, and there's a there's a conversation I want to have um about I want to talk about what happened with Trey Augustine. Did you guys watch Painter? You probably watched those USA games, right? I, I didn't really. We only had him on at the rink because YouTube TV doesn't offer NHL Network. Oh, so awesome. I was barely watching them. Moise, well, dude, you didn't catch any of it, did you? I, I didn't because anytime I watched them, like the past couple of years, it was like that on that Twitch stream, it was like Habs fan, like 74, <laughs> like his Twitch stream. And for whatever reason, I couldn't find it this year. So, and I was actually trying like hard to watch it because like now that I'm out of hockey, I feel like, or I shouldn't say out of hockey necessarily. I'm not like, an active player. I feel like I've, I've been watching a lot more hockey. And like, that was something I was actually like genuinely interested. I was like, Oh wow. Like, especially like I really wanted to watch Bedard a little bit. Cause you don't I mean, like not like WHL games are are streamed in Ohio, and you always see highlights of this. Oh, kid, you don't but... say. <laughs> yeah. So who would have thought? <laughs> um, the uh... that was a lo- also that was the longest way possible. I could have said that I did not watch World Juniors. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. You, I apologize. You, you got to the end goal, and that's all that matters. And uh, you made friends along the way on the journey. Um, but. Uh, was I going to tell you? So breaking down the situation with Trey Augustine, which I'm very curious what you, if you guys have takes or anything like that. Trey 17 playing against, you know, uh, Canada to move on to, you know, deciding medal round, whether it's gold or bronze, gold, gold silver or bronze medal game. Um, USA's net front presence defensively was embarrassing. The amount of guys they let slide into the back door, Connor Bedard just walk in without grabbing him off a face-off play or, uh, you know, guy getting into the slot, not getting a stick lift on them, I think is embarrassing. And that's like my hockey stuff we teach. And I get, I'm talking a lot of shit from, you know, the stands, but uh, uh, as a coach, like your defensive systems are just as important playing against the team, especially like Canada. Uh, he gives up five and then you go into the bronze and I think he gave up four or five and they yanked him, and then Emberko had to go in. Um, I mean, mentally, how, where do you think he's at and how do you proceed moving forward? As far he has another, as far as like next year, next year, and you know, like, because I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to, uh, they're going to go to the 18s tournament here pretty soon, which I I know USA struggled with the last couple of years, so like, this would be a great year for the 18s team who's on kind of a rip right now with the program, uh, to really take hold and you know shove it in the face of other countries. Yeah, I mean, well, at the end of the day, it's just, I mean, it's the best players in the world, right? And, I don't know. I like, I definitely, I definitely think you're, you get a chink in your armor, but on the same, uh, on the same hand, I mean, he's, he's the, uh, one of the top goalies in the United States and I'm sure he has the mental capacity to, to get by it and, uh, and, uh, you know, grow from it. 
but it's you know it's funny that it's funny you bring it up because it makes me think did either of you guys watch that uh Dallas Tampa Bay game last night like the same situation the Dallas Tampa Bay football game the oh, Dallas yeah. the Dallas kicker missed like oh, five man five straight kicks and it's like and it's the same thing it's like it's this late in the season like dude does Dallas go out and get a new kicker or like where's his mental state at because he missed like his last kick two games ago and then he missed his first four or something last night and but I, I don't know it's just the same thing it's like uh there it's a position where there's no hiding and when you have a couple of rough ones it's it's like well where, what do they do but I mean it's the same thing you think that guy's that mayor whatever the the Dallas kicker he's there for a reason he's obviously one of the better guys you know at his position to do it like you assume he'd be able to figure it out but on the same hand you you see uh you see him miss one two games ago and you're like oh he'll figure it out and then he misses four straight the next game it's just one of those things where it's a it's a same as goaltending it's a high stress position and there's no there's zero hiding Absolutely. Um, you guys remember the replacements? I do not. Yes. So in the replacements, the, the, mm. go ahead, Painter. Kinda like I know the movie. That's a, a classic Keanu Reeves movie. Anyways, Nigel Gruff, the kicker. Remember at the end where uh, you know they're going to kick the. I think it was either an extra. Well, it's an extra point or a field goal. I think to win. And Nigel Gruff, this English guy, he's got a bunch of bad bets and like. His, I don't know, maybe his bookies or whatever from England came over or Ireland, whatever country he's from. And they're in the stands, like threatening him. And he's like, oh shit, like they're going to, you know, break my legs if I don't throw this kick. Keanu Reeves sees it as he's the ball holder, catches a snap, and then he like runs one in and they end up winning the game. But you got to wonder, uh, I mean, to miss those first four like that at that point, you think he's got some bad bets on the line or he always a couple books? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, well, who who was it? There was a there was a a guy earlier in the season that got got in trouble for, or maybe it was last year. There was a there was a football player. I don't remember if it was Alvin Ridley this year. Yeah, he got didn't he get in trouble was, for? for it was on, in like, the off season. He put it was like fifteen hundred dollars total, and he wasn't betting on the jet uh, on the Falcons who he was playing on. He placed like a couple parlays while he was injured yeah. in that. None of the bets included the uh, Falcons, but he got banned for a year That's from tough. the league. That's tough. Yeah. But uh, my other thing was, did you guys see the clip of Ezekiel, uh, well, Zeke Elliott, like smashing his helmet into the bench saying, we got to quit fucking kicking it. We got to start going for two. I didn't hear that. Prescott I didn't did see that. that. Or was, sorry, it was Prescott. Um, yeah, no, like, but it was two. so – it was so funny because there was like one where it would have been like a, a 30 yarder and it was like, it was like fourth and three or fourth and four. And it's like, normally you just go like you kick the ball, you know, you go for the field goal easy. And like may like mayor started running on the field. Like they, they panned to him. He started running on the field and then he just turned around, you know, like it was, it was funny. Like it was funny because they just pulled him off. They just ran it and they ended up getting a touchdown on that play. But, it was like it was funny, and like, and that sucks for him too because at that point you're you're looking at at just you're not stupid. I mean, he's an NFL player. He's looking at the situation. He's like, "Fuck!" Like, no one has confidence at all in me right now. Yeah, and I, I and but I mean, I, like, on the other like I I'm and it's weird because I, I like I tried to 
turn this into talking for Trey Augustine, but I'm like, you know, he had a rough game and the next game they still had confidence in him. They let him go and he just had another rough one. And I'm, you know, that's the thing. I'm sure when 18s come around, same thing's going to happen. He's going to, he's, they're going to give him a chance and I'm sure he's going to do perfectly fine. If not extremely well. And it's going to be, well, why it's, we're going to look at it. We're going to be, why did we even bring that up? You know, but no, it's eh, like, that was, I, I felt bad. I felt bad for that, that Dallas guy. Cause like you got your, you got your, he probably rewatched the game or his family's watching the game and they're panning over to players. Like what the fuck is this guy doing? Who the hell? Like, and and then like, you know, you, you go out to kick a field goal and McCarthy goes, Nope, come on back, brother. We're going to, we're going to run this one. And I don't know, like that's just, that was, it was really, really tough. And it was actually like, like I mean, that's I haven't I haven't seen if he actually got released yet or not. But you think his job's on the line, and but I don't know. It's pretty crazy. I think I think it's too late to be releasing guys in the season now. But I don't know. Well, I mean, they're the going to for next year. Great. I mean, yes. yeah, there's no way they bring him back. Um, but anyways, do you guys have anything else? I don't want to cut anybody off, but we have a special guest. Holy fuck, Moise is gone. No, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Terrific. Um, Kyle. Kyle, you're here. Internet's on. Jeez. Can you guys hear me? Oh. (laughs) Sounds like you're in a cave. (laughs) Let's see. Are we good now? Yeah, you're good now. Oh yeah. Oh man. What a time. I just went we're all struggling, man. Dude, just when I've I'm like days going pretty good. You know, I'm like, okay, like. We got the Zoom coming up, and uh, I'm I'm literally like, I don't know. I go to play music, and like the thing won't load, like just not working. So then I'm like, okay, the internet's down, and like you'd think, like it it shouldn't be this hard nowadays to like fix the internet. Like I feel like the internet is like like such an easy concept nowadays. Like that's like how can you not have good internet? Yeah. So I call the provider. And like, first of all, I'm on hold for like 15 minutes. And then uh, when I when I finally get a hold of someone, you have to verify your account. So I, and it's not like I, I have no idea of any of the, the account information, like literally none of it. So it's under uh, like it's under Hannah's name. It's not even under my name. And then they're trying to verify stuff. And uh, and I don't know about you, but like we do all our bills um, like online now. Right. Yeah. Yep, so like yeah. some of the verifying questions are like, oh, well, like what was uh, can you verify at least like what our last statement was from from the Internet billing? And I was like, well, we'll actually no, because it's on online and I don't have access to the Internet right now. And then like they, they kept asking, they're like, well, do you know your account number? I'm like, no, I can't even log in because I don't have Internet. Like all I, all I have right now is my phone, which I'm on talking to you. So like. All I can tell you is our address and that we don't have internet. And, and you know, man. they can look it up too. It's just like bureaucratic. Like they can't give out your information or whatever without, without certifying that it's you. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, but th- they made it so difficult. And like, but the, the half the questions they asked, like I would need access to my, my account, which like, if you don't have internet, I don't know who memorizes like, their internet account number through a provider like that's ridiculous so 
but we made it. We're on. We're live. I think I, I just like the best part. Like I picture that conversation. Well, do you have that? No, I need the internet to get access to that information. As soon as you connect me, I will give you all the info I want, but yeah. it's on the computer. I need the internet. I'm calling you. That's yeah. the whole setup. Crazy, incredible. Yeah. Um, all right. Besides that, Kyle, uh, what is the logo on your hat? Oh, this is aloe. I don't know if, I don't know if you guys know, it's kind of a, kind of a, it's like a, above Lulu in terms of like quality. Yeah. Like it's, okay. so you're, I'm, you're... I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm still team Lulu. Like I think Lulu's unreal quality, but like, I didn't even know. Cause now that Hannah's into Pilates, like there there's other brands and actually Lulu's like considered kind of like a gritty yoga brand. That's I feel like it's, it's where like hockey and yoga meet. It's like the elitist of hockey is like Lulu. And then like the, the like entry level yoga is Lulu. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but anyways, aloe's like kind of, it's like sick Pilates thigh. So it's two, it's two forty for a pair of pants instead of one twenty. Yeah. 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 So, both brands are easily outside of my wheelhouse, but uh, the the logo is a touch sus. I was just gonna put that out there. Yeah, well, I, wish I could see this. So I I have to say though, I I was at one point gonna be like full bandwagon aloe, and um, but then what happened was I applied for my like discount, like I get through Lulu, and they denied me. Oh. So, but Lulu like fully embraced me. So now I'm just back to Team Lulu because like. I take my discounts where I can get them. I mean, I, is am I the only one seeing seeing the logo here? Oh, like, oh no, I know. Oh, everyone sees it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. I'm like, is that a, a dick and balls hat or or not? But, uh, Could be. That's aloe, man. I mean, uh, they uh, they must be the real deal. Um, for them, unless I unless I go do what, pen. unless I want to be like Merlesy and just post it all and pretend i get all the discounts i mean why wouldn't you you yeah, could no, no, one, no one's no gonna benefit. question you yeah i'm no gonna question you um kyle you got anything on your mind in terms of goaltending and hockey you want to talk about probably i'm, I'm just still kind of you know me i don't get over things easily so like i'm gonna be rattled about this internet for the next for the rest of the week um goaltending wise uh I don't know, man. Like the league's just in a crazy place. Dog shit crazy. place right now. <laughs> and, and, uh, I, I don't know if you guys watched the Tampa Vancouver game, but it was kind of wild. Uh, I think we were, we had like a five goal lead with 10 minutes left and it ended up becoming a one goal game. And then Vancouver had a three on O in the last like three seconds of the game. Kind of wild just to, to see, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. What what have you guys been talking Hang about? Hang on. No, no, no. I got to ask who started for Tampa in that game? Vasilevsky. So, yes, kind of for those of you who don't know, here's what happened. Steven Stamkos was at goal 498. Uh he ends up scoring goal 499 and we were up uh by I think 5 at that point and literally the mindset you could tell like Stamkos was cherry picking the entire game and like it was just trying to feed him for a goal and defense kind of took a little hit for the next 10 minutes and it became a close hockey game. That's tough. 
That's definitely tough. It was exciting though. Exciting for both sides. Cause uh, I mean, Stammer had a few looks. Vancouver's getting back in the game. Like everyone in the arena was, I think happy except for both goaltenders. They were kind of like, rattled. what am I? Yeah. Well, Vassy's probably rattled, but uh, I mean, I don't know if it was Demko or whoever, but uh, he's probably pumped. Like, holy shit, we're back in this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, can't be too happy if you're on Vancouver right now. That's a shit show too. So. Yeah, it ain't good. Uh, I do have a question. I got to see this uh, at Notre Dame, you know, um, Ryan Bischel, one of the Mike Richter nominees, which again, nominees don't mean a lot until we get towards the end of this because anything could happen for those guys. But uh, not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying, you know, I've seen nominees go up and then they're gone the next week. But anyways, um, Bischel does the Hellebuck style. And I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were, where he carries his hands and stick above the ice. Sticks never constantly down. But when he goes down, like his hands just stay level as to where, you know, where he's holding them as he's shuffling or making an upright uh, movement from his feet. And then he goes down and the stick hits the ice and his hands remain stable. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Any takes? I mean, you said he's up for the Mike Richter, so. It works. It works, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Isn't that, that's that's one of the ones, though, that like, like probably, I'd probably say a good, third to half of the goalies in college hockey get like put on the watch list or like nomination or is, is that am i thinking of something else um no, no that's I mean, it because that, the, that's the there's richter. a the richters i think it's 20 finalists and there's only like 60 division one teams so like yeah pro- probably like close to half of the goalies are on the the list see that's what i thought it was and i was and i was like i always like remember looking at it and just like well because uh, you're like, oh, that kid's like the most on the most defensively sound team in college hockey. That kid, you know, the, you know, I don't know. I feel like a lot. Was just kids, rattled? He never made the list. No, I, I, well, I know I shouldn't have been on the list, but I'm just saying, and it's just, it's even like last year, like you had one kid, one goalie win the Hobie Baker, and then a different goalie win the top goalie in college yeah. hockey. So like, Dude, where's that at? That was crazy. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> But getting back to uh, getting back to the carrying your hands above, off the ice or however you want to say it, I don't know. I feel like that was like a there's like a there was like someone I forgot who it was teaching it, but someone like taught like oh yeah, this is your pre stance, like you skate around in this, like when the puck is like above the top of the circles or there, the, yeah. and then it's like once the puck gets below the top of the circles, and I just feel like I don't know. Like it's, I think that's like a good way to just conserve a little bit. Of, like if I, I just remember playing, like if I was ever killing, like at the end of a kill or, you know, getting kind of worked over or whatever, like my team just in the D zone, I, I, I'd definitely be a little bit, uh, a little bit more upright than I probably started the game at just naturally. But when your legs start screaming, I feel like that's the easiest thing to do is just kind of get a little upright. If you're still ready and I feel like you're, as long as the puck's far enough out, you're still quick enough to get back in your stance and get down. But no, I I, I think so. I mean, you got to really have some stick control, and you have to have some discipline to be able to pull it off. Because I think you can uh, you can get a little weary, and things can get a little shaky if not. But uh, <clears throat> no, Evan, the there are 41 goalies on the list. Yeah, 41. That's legit. Pretty much every starter. Yeah. Yeah. Every Atlantic starter. Hockey, that's ridiculous. That's Atl- ridiculous. Atlantic Hockey has one, two, three, four, five, six, and two of them are coming from Mercyhurst, the same aren't there, team. 
there's only how many Atlantic hockey teams are there? Like eight or ten? There's so over like half. Eight over seven. half. Come on, mercy! So like ninety percent of Atlantic hockey's on the the top goalie in NCAA hockey. So there's that, and then there's the Big Ten gets one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. None That's of them every being starter. at the same school. Yeah. CCHA one, two, three, four, five. ECAC gets four hockey east. Holy shit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine for the east. Two from Yukon. And that's the only and two from Merrimack. NCHC gets both kids from St. Cloud State, Bassey Caster. Time out. Time out though. How yeah. can you how can you have two guys from the same team up for like goalie of the year? Like uh, one clearly, be, I guess. They split. Yeah, yeah, but I think I understand what Kyle's question is. is right, like, if you're one the, of them, has to be better. Well, right, but I'm saying even like if you're the top goalie in the country, like there's very low chance you're a one A one B guy on your team. Yeah, and then uh, shout out to the three independents: one from Anchorage, one from Alaska, and one from ASU, which I've never even heard of this kid before. TJ He's a he's good. Really. Yeah, so it was a uh, Semek was telling me before the season it was a pretty big deal that he got allowed his transfer there because he was playing behind Devin Levi, and apparently he's pretty good. So it made like a, a crazy goalie battle in camp to start the year between him and Brent Ben Gras. I mean, is he at ASU? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got a nine twenty in twenty five games played this year with a 277 i find this hard to believe though because listen to this this kid came from 16 u triple a little bit of prep hockey and then his 18 year he played on the north jersey avalanche and the new jersey river rats and then he played prep school for lawrenceville um and then the year after his junior hockey was ncdc for the boston junior bruins he was good there though held a 933 at a 205 but, Isn't uh, that like the best team in that league? I'd I'd assume so. Um, looks like they had a pretty deep playoff run. But I've never heard of a kid going to NCDC from NCDC to being a D one starter. I don't know about you guys. I think anything goes nowadays. <laughs> well, I don't know. I I feel like that's not that crazy. Like not that crazy. Where? I mean, it's definitely. Where does the NCDC sit amongst like the null and USHL though? Because somebody told me the other day the NCDC is better than the null. No, definitely no, below. No, no, no chance. I don't think that, so. I did don't the know. kid did the kid play in the NCDC or tendered or whatever? Have any ties? Because that's the only people who think it's better. No, played in the AJ. Oh well. Yeah, I mean, I, I. I would say like the top two NCDC teams could compete in the null, but like if you take the top of both, like the null is so much better. And I will say like the only thing they might do better is have a little bit better bottom end teams because every team in the NCDC is in like a town in, in Mass or New Hampshire or New Jersey, whereas like I don't know. You could get a new null franchise and stick them out in, uh, I don't know. Fremont, Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska. And it's an NA3 team the first year. So, I don't know. Uh, 
on the topic of the null, they added two new teams. Uh, one that Evan should probably go coach and or work for. Yes, dude. Yes. The Colorado Grit. <laughs> Incredible name. Dude, can we can we promote Packy to that and then just make Moiser the head coach and right there. Robbie, Robbie right. Cup run first year. Did I tell you guys? Well, I don't know if I brought it up. Packy, Packy works for the Wilderness now. Yeah, he got uh, can, shout out to Packy Munson. He got bumped up to the Wilderness. So from the Nah trade of the Nall. Yeah. It's a it's a good advancement for him. It's it's an awesome move. But where does that leave Evan Moyes in terms of the uh, the Minnesota Loons picture? I mean, well, uh, better better question. <laughs> where where does that leave our our boy from Ukraine or whatever? From <laughs> Australia, uh, Australia. <laughs> Ukraine. He's still there. He's still he's there. actually nasty. He's so good. <laughs> Such a good little player. But uh, oh, is he, no, is he gonna get the I bump just, up I, too? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to see what what the uh, what the depth chart looks like in the wilderness. But no, uh, I all I know is I just go where Packy goes. That's the way I look at it. I mean, the stars are kind of kind of aligning though. Colorado Grit has a new team. Packy Munson's up now, promoted in the league because he did such a good job with I the Minnesota. I think they already Wolves. got their coach though. So they still the need grit. a GM. I don't know because a lot of times in the null they do uh. Coach yeah, G, like coach jams. Yeah, I don't know if that's. Should I go try out for that team? Go to its camp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love, I love that idea. Let's give, <laughs> give Moiser your your birth certificate and. Yes, dude. Yeah, my name's Evan. MVP. I got a, I got a MVP. Season. I got a year left. Um. Yeah, Painter, fire it up, and then we'll get you mic'd up for camp, and uh, we'll put you on the ice with a hundred other goalies, and we'll see how it goes for you. See if you get. Yeah. We'll we'll put we'll put an eye cam on on the coaches sitting up in the stands God. and see if they even look at you once. Dude, my, they would speak, not. Kind of going on that topic, I love how the the Null always puts out like they have the list of guys on central scouting, and it's like, but it's anyone with any tie to the Null. So like, even if like a guy played in the OHL but was at one point drafted or tendered in the Null, like the yeah. Null claims him. <laughs> They're like, oh, this kid. It's like, dude, he's played the last five years in the O and, like, put up over a point per game there. Like, he, he has zero ties to the Null other than, like, some team drafted him in the seventh round just in case he didn't go to the O. Like, Yeah. Like, uh, Tyler Smith went to a pre-trial camp yeah, back yeah. when he was 16 for the <laughs> NAPHL. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on getting selected to the central scouting list. I know, dude. That's Watch fair. Out. That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I do like it. You're right. It is fair. Uh, the one thing though, that I do want to say about the central scouting list, uh, for a lot of fans and people out there, the listeners is like a lot of people think it is impressive, but I had a conversation with a player today and I'm just like, you know, like congratulations, but like try not to let your head get too big. And he had a lot of stuff to say that was actually pretty uh, impressive. Where um, he's like, it doesn't, nothing matters until unless your name's called. Because at the end of the day, like it is a good gauge, and like there's a lot of things to kind of look at, and then it kind of gives you a map for scouts, agents, whoever. If you if they're behind the eight ball and they haven't figured out who these guys are already, that's a problem. But for everybody else out there that's a fan, like you can kind of start watching these guys and look at what they're doing. But realistically like there's a lot of lists that come out from central scouting and guys never get their name called at the draft or get signed to a pro team afterwards like say they go through college hockey and everything so it doesn't carry a lot of weight with me 
it, it is crazy. Like, and I can think of an example of right off the top of my head, a, a kid from Olmsted Falls here actually grew up playing with my little brother. Pretty, I'm pretty good buddies with him myself. He was on central scouting. I mean, this is nothing against him. This is just goes to show what, what that list really means. He was on central scouting and he's playing D3 at Oswego now. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's uh, it's a tough call. Was he a player? He was. They, uh, he's like a big, like big D man, and he's like he's a good skater, like pretty good player. But it's just, uh, and I, I could see why they put him on central scouting. It's because you know that's attractive, like a a bigger, like good skating D man. Like obviously, no team is gonna ever turn that down. But it's just one of those things, like that. As much as as much as people think that that list carries a lot, at the same time, it really like it really doesn't mean anything because you see a lot of kids after the, after the second day of the NHL draft sitting there with their parents in tears. So. Yeah. Well also like, it's kind of like that goalie list that we just talked about. Like, dude, they rank so many more players than that, than will get drafted. So like, I mean, if you're, if you're towards the bottom of the list, like it's, you're almost guaranteed to not get drafted unless you, you know, someone. So like, yeah. Um, like, like if you're how I, I'm curious because I think they they rank they rank like the top twenty like U.S. goaltenders or something and but then it's like okay and then they do Canadian Russian whatever but that at the end of the day like there's not even gonna be twenty goaltenders taken in the entire draft so like you take maybe the top one or two from each country and after that you're probably not getting picked. Yeah, well that even that like you know, as we've been kind of following it. So let's see here. There's 32 American born. Well, there's 32 North American uh, base goalies on here. And then for Europe, they put up 12. Um, but I've seen where they'll grab like the fifth or sixth kid on the list and, you know, not the top two or whatever, but I don't know. It's interesting. Um, the other thing that I have too, not a problem with it, but something that comes along with the whole deal is uh, I think it, it really messes with kids mentally and their head gets too big because they're on the list. Like I've heard of this happening and their whole game changes. Everything about them changes. Um, and it really, it pumps up the ego too much to where they think they're more important or they're better than what they were, you know, the day before. And, uh, it can affect kids negatively, I guess is the best way to put it. The lightest way to put it. Yeah. So, um, have you guys have you guys touched on World Juniors at all since that happened? We were actually just talking about the Trey Augustine and what had happened to him with Canada going to bronze, yeah. getting yanked, and then you know trying to get ex- well, not get excited, but uh, definitely talking about what's going to happen in the future. But what do you got? I don't know, man. I mean, obviously that that's one of the topics. Like, just I think the U.S. U.S. program and Canadian program, like, kind of a crazy goalie carousel, which yeah. you don't see too often. And then, I mean, my my biggest thing is like. I feel like just these goalie interference rules at the NHL and especially international level make zero sense to me. Um, I mean, obviously I'm a huge U S Homer here, but like I, I still can't figure out how that, that first goal got called back. I mean, like that is like barely any contact and the contact had nothing to do with the goal going in. Like the puck was already past him before the contact was made. So I don't know, man, just, just crazy because that that's a two goal, potentially a two goal swing. You go on a power play and the goal counts. If that, 
if that's ruled that way. But uh, at the end of the day, what you're saying, Kyle, more or less, is somebody paid those refs to throw that game. No, I think that the what well what they did is they reviewed. Like I actually looked at the rules because I'm like, how is that not a goal? But in the international rule book, it's like if there is any contact with a goaltender in the crease, whether it affects the goal or not, it's no goal. So they called they called it the right way, but like, man, that's a stupid rule. And like I'm glad the NHL doesn't have those rules as as confusing as the NHL is, because like I don't know, man. It's just it's so hard to you're just you're just always whatever side it falls on you they're going to be pumped or pissed off and so um i mean at the end of the day there's a lot of things that the double ihf rules are like interesting especially when it comes to equipment and stuff like that well what i was going to say is i think uh like the almost in like i know i know obviously in the sense we were just talking about it's not ideal but I, i almost feel like the way the ihf has it might even be better because it's like black and white. If the goalie gets touched, it's no goal. Yeah. Where like the NHL, I feel like there's a lot of times where you see something and it's like, like you can play the, you have like two clips of the same play happening or the same thing happening to a goalie and like one's a goal and then 40 yeah. seconds later, it's not. And I mean like that, like that, it's like that with like every sports league, but it's just, I don't know, the way the IHF has it set up, that might be a, uh, they might be onto something, but obviously I don't think it needs to be that extreme where if a goalie just gets touched, it's no goal, but something like that, where it's like black and white. If a goal, if this happens to a goalie, it's no goal. If this happens, it is a goal. Yeah. Yeah. And and on the same topic is the whole, uh, I don't know if you guys saw like the, I think it was Ottinger mask situation. Yeah. Where, where like his, his bucket wouldn't come off, but like was clearly, like unstrapped well what happened was he was wearing it like he got popped and like you know when you feel the buckle come off and it's loose yeah and then the play was going on and he did everything he could to knock it off to get a whistle yeah and then go ahead go right i just think in my opinion you should still get a, a whistle because even like just from my personal like feeling like when when i have a strap or two off uh, on the bottom two not the the top ones don't matter but if like either the chin side comes off your mask like like it's one like quick head turn away from potentially not fully coming off but like even if a puck slips in there and like dude if you catch a puck to your bare face now like they don't shoot like they did in the 30s when they didn't wear helmets like dude that thing could legit kill you if you get a shot there so um I don't know, man. I I think that's just – there's no reason to not blow – unless it's like – like uh, if the goal's like in the in the crease or whatever, like yeah. I can understand that. But like when it re- it reset, like it went back up to the top of the blue line. It's like, all right, at this point, like you're not in a like a imminent scoring opportunity. So like just, just blow it dead if that makes sense. Well, I think the funny part about this conversation and the like the not – what we're having, but the conversation in general about this rule and the way they call it is, uh, so you do all the mass testing, right? Uh, every league is, well, I guess the, the NFL and the NHL are very worried about head safety, concussions, trauma, CTE, shit like that. Yeah. But you're still going to let this kind of shit fly when a person, like, yeah. you did all this testing on all these, uh, I got to worry about what I say about this, but yeah, at the no, end of the day, this is my take. You did all this work to make sure like, okay, well, we got this information. This is what the mask 
you know, this is how it tests. This is how it's going to protect against concussions. These ones are good. These ones are bad. But on the off chance that a guy's mask comes off, he has a goalie's mask comes off of his face. He has to continue the play. That's yeah. like, am I fuck it? Like, can I not read? Am I, st- am I the dumb one here? Like, that doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. I, I thought there's, I thought there was something in the rule book where even like, even if it was just like a hard enough shot or just like a shot in general to the head, like the ref could technically blow it down. Like if he, if he thinks like, if he deems like a stoppage is necessary based right. on like the, the shot to the head, even if, if the mask doesn't come off, doesn't come unclipped, anything like that. If the goalie simply gets hit in the head, I'm pretty sure there's a rule in the rule book where the ref can technically blow yes. it down. They, they can. And that's what the problem is. Like, is that just the the level of where that call is being made is like like zero percent of the time. Like if anything, they try to let play go as long as possible. Like they're treating it kind of like the offsides of like, oh, like if it's offsides, we'll just review it, you know, during a whistle. But it's like, okay, that's like the worst case scenario if you're wrong, whatever. In terms of a puck to the face, like you, you that's not like a oh, okay, we we got it wrong on the ice, you know? That's like, oh. Okay, Jake Ottinger now is done playing hockey. Like, if if he gets hit in the face with a puck, there, I don't know. Um, I just, I, I, again, definitely biased being goaltenders. Like, but I mean, it, it, compared to like the Matt Murray situation where he's clearly pushing the post off, like, I'd, dude, I'd give a whistle to the goalie anytime he gets hit in the head with a puck because, like, even let's say, like, how many times a game does that happen, max? one or twice once or twice a game you're getting a whistle yeah i mean even that's a little bit of a stretch just because in games you don't get hit nearly as much as you do in practice yeah that's more so your issue right yeah dude yeah probably not even once a game because like you're obviously you're trying to catch it first so it's a fluke that it hits you there and then if it does come unstrapped like just give the goalie the whistle at that point because it's not like like i said it's not like you're pushing the post off every play looking for a whistle you're you legitimately got domed in the head by an NHL shot. So uh I don't know. It's uh obviously we know where I stand. You're gonna do all that testing, then you're just gonna let that fly and possibly something like you said, you know, you one of your star upcoming, well, you know, goaltenders could get I'll, I'll say something I don't I'll say something too. I don't know if, if this is supposed to be said, but like you're gonna do all that testing and then not do anything with the testing. <laughs> that's the dude, that's the dumbest part going. That's like that's like requiring cars to do their crash tests. And then when it happens, like, okay, like uh, this car failed. This one did great. Uh, you can buy both of these cars on the market and that we, we won't tell you which one failed and which one did great. So. Oh man, what an episode. Hey Kyle, besides that, uh, how about them Buccaneers, buddy? Tough, tough one. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not really a football fan. I'm, I only watch them when they win. Um, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I think no, that is what that is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I had never been to a Bucks game before Brady got here. I went to a few once he did get here. I watched the Super Bowl that they won, I watched a few of the playoff games, but like, huge I, football guy, yeah, no, huge. Um, I, I couldn't even tell you. I just see people complaining about the games, but I, I don't, I honestly don't even have an opinion on, couldn't tell you what happened. Well, let's, uh, I do want to keep this rolling just till, uh, our guest hops on here, which we'll announce in a sec. But, um, how about I saw a clip on today, clip on Twitter today from Chicklets. 
and Grinelli was trying to pump how sick like Acha hockey is and yeah. how people should check into it. Okay, Kyle having been there, um, and us having seen clips on TikTok, there's guys drinking during games, before games, after games. Well, after games is typical. Guys vaping like on the ice during games. So like you do have there are real Acha programs that take it kind of like really serious, right? Like there's yeah, there are other yeah. programs like Liber- Liberty and yeah, yeah, there's there's yeah. Kentucky is like he said is a cool place to play, but to say Acha is like a real deal, I think is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I mean I think he meant more so of for like students to kind of plug in. Like, dude, if I'm if I'm like a as a fan? As a fan, yeah, because okay, okay. it's still your school and it's an absolute gong show. Like yeah. I mean, like, dude, think about like the amount of kids that go out to watch the football games, like they don't care about the game. They're just going to like drink, cheer on their school, like have fun, get buzzed with their friends, like have a good time. Yeah. And Acha, dude, like no offense. If I'm a, if I'm a normal college student, like not a hockey fan, I'd rather go watch an Acha game than like a division one game where it's systems and shot blocking and like it's a real hockey game. You go to an Acha game as a non-hockey fan and you're, Dude, there's there's fights. There's just like stupid penalties, breakaways every period. Like it's not hockey. It's a gong show. So like, yeah, thirteen goals. Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't, you never know what you're getting in an Acha game. So if if like I agree, like if you're just a student at a school, like you should be checking it out because it's definitely more entertaining than than football or or any sport or even like I said, like legitimate Division One. Now. As a hockey fan, which I assume Grinelli is, like me personally, I would 100% go watch Ohio State before I'm going to go watch some club team face off against guys who, you know, all played or coming from high school or whatever, but still. Well, uh, shout out to those kids at Ohio State. You know, when you used to be able to go see a game and see a guy scream his full fucking head off all day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to love that shit, man. What a, what a ticket. What a ticket you'd go get to get to see there. Um, you guys got anything There's else? Yeah, absolutely, Moiser. You guys got anything else? Uh, don't buy an exotic snake collection. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I can't fucking explain. I mean, I'm not surprised because I know he had a lot of exotic animals at his house back in when he was with Ottawa. I think. Like I had heard from some people, like he had tanks with like outrageous, a crocodile, giant like killer snakes, and like there's people that get into that shit. But in my mind, I was like, man, I wonder if he's trying to hope that this takes off. Just like uh, what was the tiger guy, tiger, tiger, tiger king? king? Yeah, yeah, like he's gonna so, start a zoo like that. You know what I mean? Well, dude, what dude. is what is Laner up to nowadays? Anyways, like because it's still his injury. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I don't know, dude. Like you're talking about a guy who at one point was a number one goalie. Like, why? There's been no stories of like how his rehab's going or like he, you know, he's how many weeks out. Like I, I haven't heard anything about him until this story came out. So, dude, I saw something just before coming on. He like it was like one point two mil for the snake collection, and then like nobody really like cared for them the best. I'm I'm sure he has people that are caring for them pretty well, but they just started like reproducing at a crazy amount so that they're worth nothing now. 
Like all the snakes are worth nothing. Yeah, but the weird, but how is he forty million in the hole if he spent a million? I don't even like. I don't know if that appreciates at all. Like, uh, where's the equity? Where the assets of snakes probably aren't the best for uh, for the money because I think he I know, but do you more? Right, but if he like he spent a million dollars, but he he they said he owes forty. That's what I don't understand. I have to look at this TikTok again. Some it was an like, accountant talking about it. It was yeah. But I like I was saying, like dude, even Carrie Price, like I see a video at least once a week of like, oh, Carrie Price is at the Bell Center or he's at the Children's Hospital, and like people are like, oh, is you know, is he gonna come back next year? And it's like. There's probably zero chance he is, but like you hear his name and you see him all over the place. I assumed Laner was going to come back at some point, and like, but you just don't hear anything about him. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I feel like there might be some uh, what you'd call skeletons in that closet, and there's obviously a lot of shit that's going to slowly come uncovered. But uh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Anything else? No. Okay. Perfect. Onward, upward, and forthward. Um, we're working on getting them in in the uh, in the chat here, but uh, we got a very special guest. Uh, I I'd call him a grit guy. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to question his loyalty to the soil there. Uh, just being a guy from Minnesota, but I'm very excited to have Darren Hansen, who's clear currently up with the Cleveland Monsters. Uh, but you know, originally started the year with the Savannah Ghost Pirates, and uh, we're gonna have him on talk about uh logistical things hockey things and uh just kind of figure out what he's like as a person so we'll uh we'll see you guys next week be sure to like follow subscribe and uh enjoy the interview ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and all those goalies all across the world you're tuned in for another episode and boy oh boy do we have a gap he's 25 years old stands at a solid and very handsome six foot and three inches He's currently with the Cleveland Monsters. He hails from East Bethel, Minnesota. He's a decorated veteran of the Vietnam. And last but not least, he's an aspiring basketball player. We have Darian Hansen live on the show today. Darian, how are you? I'm good, Ev. How are you guys today? Excellent. Buzzing. We're rolling. Good. good. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Well, we appreciate that, even though it sounds like a bit of a lie, but I like the, uh, you just kind of putting it out there anyways, classic interview, uh, just kind of back and forth. Um, but Darian, you're up in Cleveland. You know, we were kind of just talking about it with Moiser. You're right down the road from Razzles. What a legendary town, eh? <laughs> uh, I guess, <laughs> I mean, I've heard mixed reviews about the city of Cleveland. I have to be quite honest. I haven't really had a chance to explore yet, but I, uh, the one thing I will say though, I'm coming from Savannah, Georgia, where it was 75 and sunny last week. And now I'm looking outside right now and it's, you know, the classic winter overcast and freezing. So, uh, not a good start, I guess, (laughs) but uh, we'll find out more. Looking um, over the gorgeous Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds, though, that's a hell of a spot. <laughs> and uh, I see outside right now a McDonald's and a Chipotle, so great. <laughs> Moise, you might have to head down to that uh, deal in there, and you might have to show Darian a way or two, eh? 
Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll show them the all expenses paid tour around here. We got everything Savannah has and more without the hot weather. So, <laughs> oh, I have to oh, take you man. up on that. I I got to focus on sticking around here first before we start making plans for uh, all the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, just just make sure they that they think you don't know Evan, <laughs> like the the reverse who you know there. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> um, Darian, you're up with Cleveland. You originally started the year in Savannah. I got a lot to ask about Savannah. Um, but I guess the first place I do want to start here is I mentioned in your uh, really well and, you know, pre-written and thought out intro, you're an aspiring basketball player on your Instagram bio. Can you just give us some more insight on that? Because you are six foot three, but you decided to play hockey. I feel like basketball was an option for you. Unlike for someone myself, who's five, seven and 250 pounds right now. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I could probably go do it over again. I think be, being a basketball player would probably be my choice. I mean, but I also say that because it's the only sport I've never played. And so I think it's just the easiest one for me to be a fan of, you know, like when you know, watching hockey games and things like that, you kind of watch it like a little, a little bit more analytically and whatnot. So I've just kind of come to love watching the sport of basketball and kind of appreciating it. Like I said, like from a fan standpoint, I think the NBA does a really good job of, you know, making it an entertaining sport. There's a lot of character that you see from the players where it's something you don't really see as much, I think, from the hockey side, where we're supposed to be a little bit more, you know, hardworking team players, whereas the basketball front, it's a little more flashy. <laughs> I find that hilarious in some aspects. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been on my Instagram bio for like three, four years now. It's something my teammate Jack Adams <laughs> told me to do. He thought that would be funny, but. Uh, I haven't even, oh man, I, I haven't been on Instagram like two, three years. So should maybe uh, look to update that. <laughs> yeah, you got to let your stalkers know what you're up to, right? <laughs> exactly. And it's, uh, so it's been a while since that's been updated. Um, What are your thoughts on, uh, I got a couple of questions about basketball, I guess. So the first thing would be uh, the diving compared to hockey, like toughness. I mean, in basketball there is and like i i understand where like a lot of people just kind of jump down your throat in the toughness but like drives and how guys play in front of the under the hoop and like in the paint and stuff i know it gets gritty but you know the diving thing's soft right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> well why i mean it's you don't see that in this sport that's for sure but i don't i don't uh i don't i don't watch it to uh pretend that I'm tougher than any of those guys. And, you know, I mean, all sports seem to have that to some extent, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, who do you think's got tougher playoffs? Cause I know this has been a conversation, I, I guess just amongst sports fans in general, it's been on ESPN and stuff like hunting for a championship or hunting for the cup versus going to the NBA finals. What do you think's tougher? You have to think it's probably, probably the Stanley cup playoffs are harder right like you know it's i think about the nba and and again this is me just being a casual fan i don't know much about you know the intricacies of an nba playoff series but in the nba you know it seems like the one twos and three seeds are 
if you're the better basketball team, you can usually find a way to win it in a seven-game series, whereas in hockey, it, there's a little bit more parity and a little bit more luck that goes into it, I think. So mm-hmm. um, in order to win four series in the NHL uh, to get a championship, that just seems to be, to me at least, more difficult than it would be in the NBA, just mostly because of that. You know, the, the parity seems to be a little, little bit more. Uh, prevalent in the NHL compared to the NBA, so that'd probably be my answer to that. I, I like, I do like that. That is your answer to that, uh, <laughs> Darian. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Uh, who do you like white right now? Or like, do you have a favorite player or a team you're watching? Like, you're riding for the Wolves, baby. All day, and my guy Anthony Edwards. He's a dog. <laughs> the puppies. Uh, it's man. It's been a lo- been a long suffering Timberwolves fan. And I today or this year, I thought it was going to be their year, and it's been a a tough start. But they're uh, seeming to string together some wins as of late. I'm not confident that's going to amount to anything. But hey, man, it's so, someday, someday one of my Minnesota sports teams will figure it out. I'm just recently fresh off a, a heartbreak for the Vikings game, so got clinging to the Wolves now. And it'll probably not lead anywhere good, but hey, <laughs> what else am I going to do? That's true. Yeah, the whole uh, Kirk Cousins wearing all the chains on the jet didn't really pan out well. Yeah, nope, it didn't. But <laughs> I think the I'm I'm a ride or die Kirk Cousins fan, man. Like he, that guy balled out this year. It's the defense was seemed to be more of the issue to me. It's I, I know the the check down dump to Hawkinson. Uh, Three three yards on a fourth and eight was pretty sad, <laughs> but it was also pretty sad having Danny Jones and Saquon run up and down the field like it was a freaking seventy seven game. But again, man, always next year. That's all it is. That's all um, it is for me. So, Darren, I do want to kick uh, and like we always talk about the null great league, league of development, mm-hmm. league of or sorry, league of opportunity, right? Yeah, um, we all get our starts. Uh, but before that, I noticed you had two years of high school hockey in Minnesota, and then you said, "I am going to leave the Minnesota way, and I'm going to go play AAA in Omaha." So you're not really loyal to the soil. What's up with that? <laughs> uh, the reason I did that was, like I said, I, I played my first two years at St. Francis High School. Um, it's a rural for people that don't know the area kind of an exurb ish area about just under an hour north of minneapolis um just that region for hockey isn't very strong i think uh, my conference back then i think it was like the north suburban conference or something like that so competition wasn't great it wasn't very serious hockey you know and as a kid that uh wanted to see where I could take the game. Um, the Omaha AAA program was something that was offered to not only me to, but another or to a bunch of kids that were kind of in a similar situation to me. I know Nick Hyde uh, from Spring Lake Park was my teammate there. Um, David Brum too, who was, I think he was Maple Grove at the time, but I might need to be fact checked on that. But uh, yeah, it was just a trip, AAA program that, was ran out of Omaha that, you know, wanted to specialize for kids being hockey players and, you know, had pro level facilities and head or coached by David Wilkie, who 
Um, it's hard on his players, but was known for getting kids to the next I level. Don't. And <laughs> you know, Dave. Yeah, I'm from Omaha. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we can talk. My about- brother played a year for him, and he was an absolute psychopath with like parents complaining about playtime. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he was he is a hard coach for sure. And probably tell some stories about Dave at some point, but uh, no, that's then that that's ended up or ended up being where I decided to go, and it worked out because playing two years there, I got my tender to the uh, the null baby, and that that's what led me to my next step. So, uh, and then here I am now, just just living it, man. Living the dream. Ah, I mean, that was the first thing when we told Painter, like, hey, you know, Darren's going to hop on. He said, you know, you used to play for Wilkie. He was a pretty tough guy. I mean, like, especially with goalies, I know that can be tough. Like, was he just giving it to you every time you had a bad game or what? Oh, yeah. Uh, He was just, he was just really hard on everyone. I don't think he was hard on, like, extra hard on the goalies, but, like, if we were our team too in Omaha was so good. Our my sixteens year, we were we lost like only seven games all year. Was, um, we and the reason I bring that up though is because we were also playing in a league where we were just just destroying teams, right? Like we'd play like six games in a weekend and we'd win every single one, like 15, 16, 0. And oh. so it was tough for us as goalies. We would only get like eight or nine shots a game. And if you were letting one in, like you were gonna hear about it, like a shout shoutouts were the expectation <laughs> in Omaha, you know. And for for Dave, like it's you can kind of understand for a guy that wants to be hard on his players and push him to be better, like for us goalies, like all you could really do is <laughs> be hard on us for letting in a singular goal, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was it was tough in that aspect, but I think it it was good for me. Um, I've played for a lot of harder coaches, I would say, in my career. So having, he was absolutely the hardest, and I think he helped me, you know, for those next ones down the line, being able to manage that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, dealing with a tough yeah. personality for a head coach is not uh, not the easiest thing. Yeah, exactly. I, Especially, too, as a goalie, right? Like, it's hard enough mentally. But no, what are you saying? I, I don't know if it was I don't know if it was when you were there, but but I do remember, uh, I remember playing at like an NAPHL. Sh- I played for Cle- like the Lumberjacks, and okay. uh, I remember at an NAPHL showcase. I think it was my 16th year. I remember like it in the second period, guy out in front of me, like one of your guys or one of the Omaha guys. I I gave him like a little hack a couple times, and it was like towards the end of the period, and then. At, you know, the buzzer goes, I start skating to my bench past, past your guys' bench. And I just hear Wilkie just giving it to me, like about, about slashing this guy, like just screaming at me, like, don't touch my this, that, that. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And I got back to my bench. I'm like, you guys hear this? Like, did I, did it, there was anything I did really that bad, but I'm sure he was just having a bad day or something like that. But I knew, I knew, he, I knew he was a, uh, was a hard guy to play for, but I was like, "Holy cow!" I I did, I just gave the guy a couple a couple innocent hacks, and I'm hearing <laughs> hearing how I'm going to get my head ripped off or something in the parking lot. Yeah, you you were getting it from the other team. No man, yeah. he's he's something. It's one of 
one of the funnier ones that I remember, uh, it was in the net when I was playing the Napple too, is our 16th year. We were playing in the championship. And like I said, like we were, our team was just on another level than every team in that league. Yeah. We oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. We were playing the Lansing Capitals in the Napple 16th championship. And it was the third period and it, we were tied one, one, like we were, out shooting this team by, by a ton you know it's one of those games where their goalie's standing on their head and uh, with about eight minutes left uh their guy comes down and floats one in from the red line and <laughs> i it was one of those where i lost i just lost it man and it went in um that ended up being the game winning goal and <laughs> we lost man. the apple championship and i remember we're sitting in the locker room afterwards and like i'm obviously pretty already beat up about it like i let up a goal from the red line to lose our league championship and Wilkes comes in and he just like goes to, looks at us and goes you know guys we win and we lose as a team but Hans a 70 foot fucking shot <laughs> just gives me the biggest death stare of my life and man my fucking I shit my trousers <laughs> just the, the worst feelings I've ever felt in my life but yeah, Wilkes can do that to you, <laughs> for but, sure. But hey, at the end of the day, it made you tougher, and you know, in the stretch of things, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Maybe a lot more anxious to be goalie. That's for sure, too. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't make a mistake for guys like that. Um, no. Hence, uh, I do want to ask because you know, on your elite prospects, it's a little in- interesting. Um, your first year of junior hockey, it looks like you were you were in the North American Hockey League, and you're in the Null South, toughest toughest division, you know, in the Null. Uh, guys can mm-hmm. attest to that. You played for Lone Star, you know, Wild Fong Fonger. One game, you got a shutout, and then they just shipped you right off to Ashton. What's the deal there? It's actually pretty funny. Yeah, uh, we I remember we started Fonger too, another tough coach, and not one that I remember. Real tough. Be afraid of me. Yeah, not one that's not afraid to make transactions too. Uh, we started out the year, it was three of us. It was me, Gunnar Rivers, and Connor O'Brien uh, out of camp. And uh, uh, camp finished, and you know, they meet with us, and the staff's like, you know what, like we're gonna, we're gonna ride with the two young guys this year. It's gonna be you and Connor. And so Gunnar then went and played for, it might have been Topeka, I believe, but. Anyway, so it's I'm I'm fired up. I'm like, all right, like I made the team, like let's go. Uh, we had the Null showcase the following weekend, so we make the the 15 hour bus trip up there, and I get the first game. And I think we play played Springfield. It might have been, and we we kind of walked all over them a little bit, but yeah, I, I got a shutout in my first Null game. I also got cyst in it. I'm like, wow. all right, sweet, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so then. The next day happened or comes or whatever, and the USHL cuts came, and we got Corbin Kaspersky. Yeah. Uh, and so he got sent to Lone Star, and then it, it was Connor and Corbin, forget who, but they both played all the next three games and uh, then drove back down to Texas. And the next day I got traded <laughs> to, uh, to Aston. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty funny side dude tell people that story around again. It's I had one GP for the Brahmas, had a shutout assist, and I got dished two days later. <laughs> you so. had you had to have done more. What more could you have done, you know? Yeah, I mean that's just the nature of the business, I guess. But it's 
it's funny now, like as a, I think it was like an 18 year old at the time. Like, you know, you think like, oh, yep. Like it's a business, whatever. Yeah. This is what it is. And then now like as a 25 year old to like, kind of like look back at, at that, like, <laughs> you know, 18 year olds are still kids, man. Like, yeah just, just, just trading this kid yeah yeah it's just crazy like even i think even at the pro level like there it's there's less transactions than some of the teams in that league you know it's just crazy so but it worked out for me like i you know it's and aston was great you know i got my commitment to union out of there and I, i'm not sure i would have if i was still in the south so you know, in hindsight, it I, it worked out pretty well for me, you know. Well, that, you went to go to Aston. You ended up being the guy. Like you said, you committed D1, um, and you guys had a little playoff push. So it's not a bad experience, right? No, no, not at all. And it was it was an expansion team that year. Um, the the Nall East, it was the new division. That was the inaugural season for the Nall East uh, playing there. So that kind of sucked because at the time it was only us. New Jersey, Wilkes-Barre, and Johnstown. So we played each team. I think it was like 16 or 18 <laughs> times. <laughs> and then we made an Alaska trip. So we were very familiar with those teams. But, I mean, yeah, it's, I enjoyed it. We were right in Philly. Um, so that was cool. Uh, you know, billets were good. Team was good. And you're right. Like, we ended up making a little push there at the end. And, you know, that's all you can really ask for out of a, out of a, out of a year, you know. Um, I do want to know though, what was it like playing for Coombs? <laughs> crazy again, <laughs> you know. It's like I said, it's I went from Wilkes to Fonger to Coombsy. <laughs> he was another yeller too. It's I, I actually loved Coombsy. Like he, he, he was he was a funny guy too. Like he, he was a little bit more goofier than I think the other two, and I think yeah, a little bit more of a player's coach, I'd say. Um he he was hard but he was very loyal um and again it's a similar story to Wilkes I remember just letting up a bad goal playing in Aston and it's at the Aston Iceworks like we have like maybe 80 people in the stands right the youth rink one of the ones at Echo <laughs> and I remember I let in this goal and I look over at Coombsy who's basically wearing like a fucking Canadian tuxedo on the bench and he just looks at me and goes fucking really <laughs> just echoes in the whole building it's just like god damn it man <laughs> but no he he was great i i really like playing for Kinsey. he was um you know for a guy too like i was actually pretty down in the dumps after getting dished out of lone star and for him to you know he he reached out to get me there and to have a guy that that believed in me um was refreshing you know what i mean no for sure i mean it and it changes your aspect and you start to have fun, a little bit of confidence, get a little jam going. And before you know it, you're kind of rolling again, right? Exactly. And that's exactly, exactly what happened there. A um, little bit of confidence. You string together a couple of good games. You know, the guys like your coach likes you and then you just, you know, take it from there. And that's exactly what we did. Just back to being the man. Hey, uh, did you have Tori Gentili while you were there as the goalie coach? No. We did not. We uh, Pete Dundevich oh. was our goalie coach's name at the time. He was just volunteer, not there a ton though. You know, I think as the first first year in the league, that was kind of one of the 
expenses the problems we don't that need. was pushed <laughs> yeah pushed to the bottom of the list you know <laughs> Darren, Darren you, you're committed to an Ivy League school you can figure this out on your own right <laughs> it's not an Ivy <laughs> oh no Ivy. union isn't excuse yeah. me excuse me I got beaked no. for that earlier this year <laughs> by who um, for what I put it on socials. I posted Chavez gear and I thought union oh, was like, just cause I assumed ECA says like, Oh yeah, that's Ivy. I was like, Oh no, it's not. I love, I found that no. out real quick. <laughs> yeah. Not Ivy. Not Ivy. It's a good school, but not Ivy. <laughs> I think yeah. it wants to be an Ivy, but no, not quite. <laughs> yeah. I want, I, everybody wants a lot of things and uh, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did want to jump into your college career because it kind of left me puzzles like puzzled I never really saw it on paper to see what had happened because you technically had like a couple more years of school that you could have done because of COVID right uh I don't think so uh it's actually funny you mention that because I I'm sure I'll probably get into it but I did my graduate year at University of Connecticut and yep. one of my assistant coaches at the end of last year's like uh, should we look into like getting you another year? And at the time, I, I was a 25 year old playing in college. I'm like, you know what? Like, I think my time has come. <laughs> Thank you, but don't even bother looking into it. But I don't. In all honesty, I don't think it would have gone through because one of my good friends and teammates in Savannah, Brandon Estes, uh, had the same thing, same deal as me. Um, we were together for four years at Union, but he did his fifth back at Union. But we played every year that we could have. Um, so the COVID year, like count, like last year, uh, the graduate year that I took at Connecticut counted as the bonus year that I had. Let's say, oh. like, you know what I mean? Like, let's say, like, I had a red shirt year in there somewhere. I could have used that. Yeah. And that's why you'll see a couple 97s that are still are like playing college right now. Like that's because there is a red shirt year also. But in you, there somewhere. you played, you played five years. Yes. I played, yes. well, played five years, but COVID year had zero GPs. Like we didn't play a single game that year. So like, I don't know. I feel like you that, still could have then though. Yeah. Maybe like maybe if that was a red shirt or something, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I just never really went down that route to see if it was possible, but that's kind of the base, like the basic understanding yes. that I have, you know, maybe, but well, you're probably better off moving on still too. like, I mean, how many, yeah. how many years are you going to play? Yeah. Off? So. yeah I would like I said, it's, I was, I was ready, you know, it's, it's five years of college, you know, I'm, I'm a 20 and you get the, the two years of junior. So I'm a 25 year old doing school. Like, I, I was just ready, <laughs> you know. Twenty six and going to rip it at the bars with some eighteen year olds. Did you uh, better, yeah, exactly? For your your grad year, you did. Did you have uh like like any intentions other than hockey? Like, did you you know was there a specific degree you you kind of took advantage of, or was it mainly? Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. So I I both my undergrad and graduate degrees are in political science. Um, there are things I want to do with that whenever I'm done. Um, playing professionally is something that I've always thought I, I would explore for a little bit, you know. Um, and I still have a few classes that I need to take to finish the um, masters. But one of the reasons I ended up going to UConn actually was because they were the only school that I was interested that offered me a, a one-year master's program. 
the most are typically like two and you only get one year of playing in scholarship. Mm -hmm. So it was basically like, you know, getting a, a full, like two years and one basically. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that was one of the bigger factors that went into me going there. Um, but, but yeah, so that's, and we could probably talk more about that in a bit, but in terms of, you know, what, other things I was interested in and focusing on it. There was, there was both inside and outside the classroom. I, I took it pretty, probably more seriously than other guys uh, uh, when it came to hitting the books. That's good though. Cause you got to make it worth your time, right? Like I get like what a lot of hockey players grow up to be is we're hockey players or well, not mm. me, uh, you <laughs> know, by any means, but like you grow up to like play hockey and everything's hockey and I'm going to school you know, I'm not here to play school. I'm here to play hockey. Uh, so that's kind of cool that, you know, you took it as seriously as you did. Now, I am curious, though, with poli sci, can we ask you what you'd like to do with it? Or well, I yeah, also have sure. a follow up what your master's was in, too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they were both they were both political science okay. um, and they were both uh, undergrad. You don't really have a like a focus or a specialty, but my master's is in political theory uh, and I'll I'm probably I'm going to use that. I, I would like to do something within like a labor union, um, be like a staff organizer or a rep. Uh, there's, you know, been networking around that for a little bit. Still haven't decided exactly where or what, but um, I think that type of work would be something that I would enjoy. And the one thing that's actually nice about taking graduate classes is that you all your classmates are actually all like PhD candidates and teachers. Um, and so a lot of them are like 30, right? Like, and, and have worked or like some are even like 40, 50 or they've worked a career and they're coming back getting a PhD or something to, in order to teach. So just the one thing that's been nice about UConn is that the, the academic, like the academic advisors I had there were amazing and like allowing me to network and, and all that. Uh, and through that, it's i think like i said it, it, it working within a labor union is something that i'll uh i'll probably be doing whenever i decide to hang up the seats that's cool man yeah you were uh we're blue collar here so we're definitely pro union yeah exactly exactly man support the working <laughs> that's <man>. right <laughs> exactly um any fun stories about uh camps at uh at uconn he's an all-around you know like all-time guy equipment manager beauty uh i don't know if you I don't think because this was COVID, so I don't think Scotty was there. But like the famous line for Scotty and Camps when they have their conversation is like, "Can't wait to come out and have a milkshake, go right to the dairy store and have one with Camps and hang out." <laughs> yeah, I don't have any good stories like that. I mean, Camps and I got along great, and I think I get along great with all my equipment managers because I don't ask for shit. <laughs> you know, I'm the most hands off goalie ever, and I think Camps kind of respected that, especially like me coming in as a a 50 year guy, like a veteran guy, you know, like I, you know, he, it's, I stayed out of his hair, you know, asked him for sticks when I needed them, but I think he respected me for that. Whereas it's, you know, for freshmen and stuff that come in and they're asking for, for new shit every other day, I, I think they can get on his bad side, but no funny stories. There, there is one that guys say like camps is usually pretty to himself. And, uh, really, uh, yeah, not well. I mean, yeah, he's a bit of a quieter guy. Um, but they were saying <laughs> the guys are saying we, we were playing in the uh, 
the Hockey East uh, Championship last year against UMass. Guys are saying that uh, Chris Iacampo is the most plugged-in guy on the entire bench <laughs> with the sticks for that game. <laughs> just just because he's been at that program for so long, you know, and like all the staff members there at UConn. And uh, we made a pretty big jump as a program that year. And I think all the guys that have been around since the Atlanta hockey days were, we're really hoping we were going to find a way to win that one. And so it's pretty cool to see camps uh, <laughs> or hear about camps being plugged in for that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like for the program, like you just said, but to go up against UMass, that's a, that's a fucking tall order. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, man, we were close. We were so close. That was a pretty, uh, for the Yukon Huskies, it's, it, and we could probably dive in uh, a little more. I'm not sure if you're planning on it, but we had a pretty magical uh, two week stretch there. Um, yeah. Going from a program that hasn't won a single playoff game in nine years of being in hockey East to being a one shot away from winning it was just insane. And to do it at the T- TV Garden, too, like right after sweet. COVID, when guys are going, you know, right in front, it was 11, 12,000 people at the TD Garden. Like it was, it was just crazy. Um, and again, like we were, we were right there against the defending national champs, too. You know, it's, to be that close, it was tough to lose, but it's probably one of the highlights of my college career, to be quite frank. Um, just a crazy couple of weeks. That's sweet, though, man. I like that. It's not, it's never the result you wanted, but like you said, like to have a push and to kind of like leave your stamp. And I think I'm like 99% sure. And I wanted to, well, I should have known uh, just being bad at my job. Um, you have a record now for most wins in. UConn like goaltending history, correct? Over a hundred? <laughs> no, you know, for in a mean? season. In a season. Sorry. Yeah, UConn for a season, that's what it was. Okay. I think it was like twenty one wins we had that year. So it's a record that will be broken, especially you know, that program's up and coming. Um twenty one's not a ton. Yep, new rink that just opened last weekend. Where's that Good at? team too? I have to ask it's where on that... campus. Oh hell yeah. Now. Yeah, Uh-oh. right by. I don't. I don't know. Have you ever been to the Freitas, the the practice rink that they run? They used to run out of. I should say. Well, I thought you guys were playing games at Hartford. We were. Not yeah. Anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's good. That's good news. Yeah, brand new rink on campus that was opened on Saturday. They they broke that thing in against New Northeastern. Um, but yeah, you're right. Up until then, playing out of the XL Center in Hartford. Uh, but now they are. They're on campus. I've heard rumors that they're going to split games between stores and Hartford, but I think I saw something just recently that said they're they're, they're planning on doing the majority of uh, games in stores, which like makes sense because the rink is beautiful, and yeah. um, for it to be on campus too, that's just going to be great. Uh, getting the student body more involved with that program, you know what I mean? Well, that's that's the question I had because it's got to be tough to draw at Hartford. So now, like. You want to talk about changing an environment and a more enticing place to bring in like young players and say, hey, like now we're on campus. Look at all the people that are showing up because UConn's a school that gets behind their sports, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's they people always ask me too, what is the ice bus? Well, the ice bus, like the hashtag ice bus is what the team uses on social media all the time. Yeah. And uh the reason that the ice bus is the bus that theoretically takes students from stores to Hartford, which is like 35 40 minutes um so it needless to say we didn't get a ton of students at our game 
I mean, we had a good following in terms of fans, even in Hartford, but the building was also massive, right? So it kind of yeah. had a little bit more of an empty feel. Whereas now that the building's on campus, the hope and it's it's a smaller smaller building too. I think it only holds like twenty five hundred to three thousand, and they're right on top of you. So I think they're kind of trying to basically give the other all the the things that the XL Center brought in Hartford, like the flip side of that token, right? Where it's on campus, more accessible to students, and also a, a more of a you know the typical college hockey atmosphere um and from the videos i saw it looked like it's going to do a great job doing that but i also think they're gonna have to retire the uh the ice bus hashtag now if they're no longer going to going to hartford i miss this darian i'm sorry i was looking something up how many seats are in the new rink two thousand you said i think it's 2500 to 3000 i i need a fact check on it though so online it does say about two thousand. I just wanted to make sure I'm on the right track because, like, okay, I, w- I was just in Notre Dame, uh, for a couple kids tournaments, and when we went to see Minnesota at Notre Dame, there there was there was no student body because apparently you guys get this like ten month or now yep. you guys, but there's like a ten week winter break now all, all for colleges, mental health yeah. and oh, uh, all what? that stuff. Kids don't start for- school. I, when I saw schools, this, I was like, hey, are you guys going to be on campus? And they're like, we don't start class till January 24th. I'm like, when did you get off? You're like, finals week was December 1 through 5. Where was this when I was this in school? Is, wait, Ab, this is this is all schools or this is like just Notre Dame? No, it's kind of it's like here and there. And I'm obviously exaggerating, but like still like some schools were out to like January like 17th. That's, That's way longer than I ever. Wow. It was New Year's Eve. And then we were like back in class. But, yeah, I, I I don't. That's strange. I I know every school does it differently, and Union was very strange in how they did that because we did trimesters there, oh, uh, so it's kind of hard to speak. I actually loved it, and I won't get into why is it tangential, but I know at UConn too, it's usually like what like Thanksgiving through like January like sixth ish, right? And in that stretch, you there's no one at any games. Like even when you're playing on the road anywhere, like that stretch has always been tough. That's when you want to play in the road. Yeah. Um so but yeah, that's I'm sure they'll still suffer from that a little bit. I it, it's not break anymore. Uh and I think they have a students only game here coming up in the new rink where they're not allowing anyone but students that's uh, cool. here soon. Yeah, which is I think is a cool idea. Um We'll see how that goes, you know. Um, but anyways, back to the real t- conversation. You know, the tangent before the tangent. Uh, Notre Dame's got about forty-eight to five thousand capacity, and they have an upper level. And when you looked at the lower, and then what they do is they let people move down it in the, like the second period. They announce it, which I've never seen before. Like, hey, if you have general admissions tickets and you see an open seat, you can now grab it. Which also is bad because if people are up getting popcorn or taking a piss, like yeah. and you come back, like yeah. the amount of people that <laughs> no came back there. to their seats and like they had to move these girls are like, hey, we're these are our seats. Like you guys gotta buzz off. So then they had to go find new yeah. ones. But uh <laughs> it feels full, right? And whether it's two thousand, five thousand, you wanna be in a rink where it's like whole like look at this. This feels good and you can feel yeah. the energy. You go to like Absolutely. like you said, when you're in Hartford and you're playing and a rink that holds 16 and you got a you know a couple thousand there it's like well it might as well be empty you might as well have no one there and you could hear coombs yelling at you hansen you suck you know from the bed <laughs> good so, i just want to avoid that at all costs i don't care about the atmosphere 
You just want to get picked out of your coach in the middle of the yeah, game. Exactly. Where everybody can hear you. <laughs> exactly, man. Well, that's, uh, that's exciting for, for you, Con. Like that's uh mm. it, it'll definitely shift things for uh for the uh the program. Just because oh, you know, sure. having that environment in the facility and everything like that and having a guy like Camps on staff is uh it's a game changer. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're getting He's recruited to commit, that program. Exactly. And you're He's, like you know, the question, one of the questions has to be for every goalie, what's your equipment guy like? Right. So, yeah, exactly. And they're always all beauties. And can't Chris, I can't man. He's the, he's the grease that makes those gears run over there. He's uh, all, all the EQ guys are right. Yeah. Blue collar. Um, But you were talking about how you're low maintenance. Darren, you wore one pair of pads for like six years when you were playing like triple A to junior <laughs> hockey. I remember yeah. like, that's when we met. I was like, Hey, yeah. you gonna, are you going to need new stuff? And you're like, that's pretty good. I got holes in everything, but like it works. It's broken in. Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely broken in. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I needed new stuff and I was ready to take it, but it's hard when, uh, you know, you're in the North American league and I, at the time, you know, gear deals weren't great and I was paying for my gear out of pocket. So it was, you know, like it was difficult. And I mean, Hey, like I had pads and they worked and that's at the end of the day, kind of all you need. And, kind of back to that a little bit now in pro i'm wearing actually right now um my old set from my senior year my covid year at union uh waiting on the new stuff Ev, to get in if you could expedite that for me that'd be great that's a, that's a quick way to to get sent down or traded is just in in in, in the minors or in the null you just say i, yeah. I kind of need some new gear they're like oh actually uh now that <laughs> <Exactly>. you mentioned it <laughs> Exactly, man. Yeah, that's like me and my rookie year pro. It's starting the year in the East Coast League. And, you know, there's different rules for every team in, in that league in terms of gear. And, and um, I've just been trying to be, you know, hopefully that patience and not being a nuisance has been uh, an asset for me as a player. That's kind of what I've been thinking at. But it's gotten to the point now where, I was able to ask, and like I mentioned earlier, we, we've got we've got the gear order in, and it's going to be here soon. But just like I was in junior, man, I, I'm rocking the uh, the old bonds, the old broken down bonds, trying to make them stretch them out as long as possible. It worked once. Why wouldn't it work again? Right? Exactly. It's kind of honestly, I'm just kind of trying to wear it now. It's it's a character thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Colin. laughs> I, I don't need I don't need the new gear. I'll I'll find a way to stop the puck. <laughs> um yeah character's huge darren character's mm -hmm. huge but at the end of the day i am gonna say this you're you're we almost had hands for you done and then obviously you know we kind of we were able to make some things work and we had to change some graphics so that's all i'm waiting for um mm -hmm. now i gotta get the the new color in here for you which i think mm -hmm. uh the time will be worth it just because it's gonna look sick yeah for sure takes us into uh you know the new team, the sick colors, the sick setup. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to ask more. How's the experience been? I mean, obviously you're up in Cleveland. We want to make that last. But what was mm -hmm. it like being in Savannah to start the year? Ah, crazy! Like great, man. It's another expansion team um, down there in, in Savannah, Georgia, which is an amazing city. Like, it, I didn't know Savannah existed until the team was there, and I actually went down there. It's I somehow managed to be the first player signing in terms of like ECHL contract in the, the organization. Congratulations. His, thanks. It's 
not as much of a brag as it might sound like. It's just more of a random chance sort of thing. But they actually had me down there in the summertime to do just like a press conference for it or something. And just to see the city and like the enthusiasm from the fan base there, it was insane. Like they're playing out of a brand new building, the Ann Market Arena, which like I think is probably better than more than half of the American League barns. Um, we've sold out all but like two or three games. You know, I think it's seven, 8,000 fans there and on the weekends and amazing atmosphere. Like, you know, and it's, it, it's just been housing's great, you know, and it's warm. Like it's just one of those places and that like people are going to want to play at, you know? Um, so to say that my experience thus far has been good has been an understatement. We're going to take a real quick break from the show to talk about one of our presenting uh, sponsors here, and that is Easy Crease. Take your goaltending development to the next level by giving your goalies a crease every drill, as they should have. I'm sure you remember when you were a kid, you were doing half-ice stuff, and you have no idea where you're at. You're lost, no man's land, wrong turn at Albuquerque, you know, stuff like that. Easy Crease quickly and easily gives goalies a crease anywhere on the ice. It works great for small area games, goalie clinics, or just anytime your goalie doesn't have a crease. Be sure to order now at www.easycrease.com, spelled exactly how it sounds, or check them out on Amazon. Back to the show. Did For the gear, though, you got, did you go with the like that green, that neon green? Yep, yep. I'm doing mostly white. It's the icebergs. Um, oh, mostly right. white with just... Uh, the the ghost pirate green uh for the iceberg part you know yeah um, trying to keep as little amount of color as possible it's just you know how it is at this level oh, yeah. or there's just so much movement like i don't want to end up like i am now like for example <laughs> I, this morning's morning skate uh they're wearing their their white white red and blue jerseys tonight so that means they wear red pants and so I was putting on red pants and I had my maroon and black pads. And I'm just like, oh, it's just gross. <laughs> trying to avoid that as much as but possible. But probably better than the neon green's going to look with, with some red. <laughs> yes, but by, my, also, my, my, my hope is that with, with the, the limited amount of neon green that I have, if I do stick around at a place long enough with different colors, that it could be pad wrapped or something, yeah. you know, because it's, it's, it's very subtle green. That I think will look great with the Ghost Pirates uh, uniforms, nonetheless. But um, again, just I thought white, white base was should be my focus now. Yes. So I am gonna pump our tires here a little bit. Not that I, you mm-hmm. know, do that very often. But me and uh, an avid lister and uh, just an all-around great guy, glue guy with our company, uh, Steve Fowler. Shout out Fowley. He uh he pulled some strings to make some stuff happen for us to find some uh some ghost pirate green because originally when I was talking to Julio, your beauty of an equipment guy, uh mm-hmm. the move was gonna be like, hey, I don't know if I can get this. Like, do you just want to do Dallas green? And he's like, yeah, I mean, like I know our colors are tough to match. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we pulled some awesome. pulled some uh, pulled some favors in for you. Yeah. So we're gonna New, news to me, following. and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I really for appreciate you. that. Um, <laughs> Last thing I want to ask you here, Darren, before you got to go, uh, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but, uh, you know, we, we were talking, you dropped a gem on me. So, you know, uh, you're starting to play Santa a little bit and, you know, help out and delivering some packages. 
I honestly did. That was a good delivery, man. <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with that. So the uh, uh, what I was mentioning here is we were talking on the phone the other. Day. He called me to ask for my gear. Uh, we were talking or we talking about the gear, and yeah. I couldn't answer the phone. And I called him the next day. I'm like, "Hey, man, sorry, I was working." He's like, "What? Where are you working?" Uh, but down in uh, Savannah, I uh, got a a real like part 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 time job down there. Wouldn't for it some be of more part time if you tried yeah. to emphasize it <laughs> at FedEx right down the road. Uh, there's uh, just um, one of the the independent contractors there got in touch with her and she's needed some help she's like hey you can come in whenever you want you can text me whenever you want and you can work for however long you want and we'll make it happen (laughs) like okay and you know it's in the east coast league you're not killing it (laughs) especially on your rookie deal um but you also have a lot of free time you know what i mean and so even if i was killing it like I just get bored, man. Like, so I set that up and every now and again on Sunday, I'll go into a, a FedEx for about five, six hours. And I go drive around the truck and deliver packages for a hundred, 150 bucks a day, man. Yeah. It's, I don't think the gig could get better for like what you need is like, you know, like a pro hockey player it's, schedule. Especially especially in like savannah where you said like the weather's nice you and you are yeah. like the are they like the short short uh brown shorts and the hiked up socks no nope, that's there. ups man that's ups what's the <laughs> no, f- what's the, what's your what's your outfit then? I, I got i got I, I haven't gotten a uni yet i'm kind of mad about it oh <laughs> they just oh. i think i work so little that they're just like you know what man just wear whatever the fuck you want yeah like, okay fine so but no you're right it's, it's warm like the uh lot like the neighborhoods that i do are actually in like uh like hilton head which is just a beautiful area um golf courses everywhere like gated communities so it's like just so easy like easy to do you know very slow paced like it's just the best man um and talking to to tie back the union the union guy i was looking into try to be a ups get my team stir card but uh FedEx independent contractor can do it. Also, don't tell them that because I might get fired. But, anyways, <laughs> you should. Uh, you ever you gotta throw on the game jersey when you're delivering packages one day. You know, like do a little bit of community outreach. Oh gosh, no, no. I mean, uh, it's when I'm doing my FedEx and I plug into my podcast. I plug into the Between the Post podcast, and I just want to do my work. I don't. I don't want to do any talking about hockey and none of that. I'm just. I'm plugged in. Deliver my packages. I go home and I put food on the table. That's that's it for me. When I'm a FedEx worker, I'm no longer a ghost pirate. <laughs> You're fucking great. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's hey. That's me, man. That's my mo. <laughs> I love it. Um, do you have any chirps for Seville while you're on here? <laughs> no, there's nothing to chirp him for, man. Like that, he's just too good of a goalie and too good of a person to chirp him. You know, he's a uh, fucking. He's just he's just the man. I've got nothing but good things to say about my guy Savvy. Other than maybe he's a southpaw. The southpaw weird. thing's a little weird, but like yeah. has he showed you his custom like you know Xbox controller that he's got. <laughs> No, but I can't chirp him for that because uh, my Xbox controller has the paddles too. So, 
Oh, so you're just as serious. Yeah. I was not anymore, but I haven't gained oh, in a well, while. Who's better than I did? I don't. We man, it's when I packed to go down to Savannah. I brought two, two bags, and my Xbox couldn't fit in it, dude. So I've been gaming free for about four months now, wow. and believe me, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it, dude. That's kind of crazy. That's just, you even said like how much downtime you have. I know. And it's, you know, it's, I, so actually my brother, he's a computer nerd kind of, and for Christmas, he built me a PC just from scratch, um, using like old parts and just gave it to me. So I actually would game on PC. The Xbox got retired after that. And it's very difficult to like ship a PC to Georgia. You know what I mean? And especially too, in times like this, where you're up or you get moved or something, it's like, ah, fuck, I don't have a car. So what am I going to like put my piece like, you know what I mean? Like bring the PC yeah. on the plane. Like it just logistically, it just didn't make sense. So I'm just, I got to soak it for a year, man. Um, do more productive things, I guess, like work at FedEx. <laughs> got to <laughs> earn it, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Earn it. Um, you guys got anything else for uh, hands here? No, we're good. Where's- the dumb and dumber jerseys oh <laughs> the only thing about those. those oh shit. man it's the only good thing about them are uh that we're two and oh and <laughs> but uh no it's it's the the uh, the pants are, they're all orange jumpsuits and they come they come complete with the 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 pants the the shells or whatever they're called and they look like gym shorts. <laughs> it's they're just uh, there's something. It's it, it's funny. Like as a goalie, like they're whatever. They're a little big on us, but they're whatever. We had one of our teammates actually fought in their those jerseys the second time, and they're a pretty cheap material. He's like the second I grabbed hold of this guy, the collar just ripped right in half. So like these two, two kids are trying to fight each other with these jerseys that didn't hold on. <laughs> it was pretty. They're swinging around a lot, to say the least. That's definitely tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fucking tough look too. But uh, Painter, mm-hmm. you got anything else, brother? Uh, not that I can think of. Well, Darian, Hanson, good luck with the rest of the year. We're pumped to see what happens. I can't wait to get these hands to you here real shortly, and then the the rest of the kits soon. I just need to get my my colors in and. Uh, We'll be buzzing. Um, we're excited to see what you do next, and uh, we'll always be here for you. So you need anything, you let me know. All righty. Awesome, awesome, guys. I appreciate you all, and I had a lot of fun doing this. So thanks yeah, for having me on. Thank you for the time, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? For sure.